0: Hello to anybody who ever had to drive a few towns over when they were young to go get a thing. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call, no names, no holds barred. I'd rather go
1: one-on-one I think it'll be more fun And I'll get
0: to know you And you'll get to know me Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here. Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. We have got an all-time classic on our hands with this one. I'm proud of this one. Before I tell you what it is and why, just wanna mention, this is officially the last week that I'm gonna tell you that beautiful Cononymous is coming, because guess what, everybody? It's Tuesday, Friday, we have our first live taping. We've got our first comedy show that features so many good people on the same bill. Saturday, we're doing this event all day where you can meet a whole bunch of past callers. I'm doing live follow-up calls on stage with them. It's gonna be a beautiful thing. Most important of all, though, doing a very special thing on Sunday. We're having a waffle brunch show. Heidi, who's the name of the caller from episode 69, Love is Everywhere, will be co-hosting the calls with me as we ask you to call in, tell us what Love is Everywhere means to you, whether that's an extension of the call or if it's taken on some other meaning in your life. And we're donating all the proceeds from that particular show to the Make-A-Wish Foundation's Oregon chapter, who helped Heidi's daughter, As you know, she was leaving us. She was, and it was. It's a brutal, sad call, but so inspiring. And on top of that, if you cannot get to New York City and you want to be a part of it, we're doing something special for the first time ever. We're going to do something really different for the month of May, 2023. We're going to have a different number than the usual number, and I will not be tweeting out the number anymore. I'm going to email people when it's time for the calls to go up, and the only people who will get the emails are people who buy tickets to this waffle brunch. Because I wanna honor Holly and her family, and I wanna make as big a donation as I can to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Oregon. And if you go to Beautiful Cononymous right now, you go to the schedule, you can buy a ticket, it's $25, and there's a certain ticket you can click that says, I'm not actually planning on being there, I just want to support. So think about that. If 100 people do this, that means for the month of May, there's only 100 people competing to get through on the phone line instead of the usual thousands. So if only 200 people do this, you're only competing with 200 people. And maybe we get 500 people doing it and it starts to feel a little bit like it's crowded, but that means that 500 people teamed up and raised a lot of money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. Thanks so much for thinking about all that. Beautiful, cononymous.com. Anyway, this week's call, oh my goodness. This caller called up and was so open, so honest. Has a sexual fetish. A fetish that maybe a lot of us have heard about and you giggle about. One of those fetishes that's off on that end of the fetish scene, the kink scene. Caller will tell you what it is. But also, caller tells us how he came to be totally fine with who he is. How his family reacted to the news. How he has had to incorporate this into his relationships. And most importantly, Walked us through a journey to basically just say, like, here's who I am. I'm not ashamed of it. I think it's really beautiful. And I think there's going to be some people who hear the topic of the fetish itself, the kink itself, however you want to phrase it. And they're going to have a hard time looking past that. But I would say, think about the people in your life who you find something out about that doesn't exactly fit the mainstream narrative, who they are handed something different or they opt into something different. And I'll invite you, if you think about it from that perspective, on a broad level, you'll realize judgment hurts. Judgment can push kids to the brink. And I think it's on all of us to figure out how to remember that you don't need to understand to still show compassion. It's a beautiful call. And I thank our caller. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Hello? Hi. Hey, Chris. Yeah. Yeah, this is Chris.
1: Hey, man. Holy shit. Can't believe I got through. How you doing?
0: How am I doing? I'm extraordinarily tired, but I'm excited to be talking to you. I uh, Well, I was in Los Angeles last week, and then I went to Chicago for a few days, and I was at an office fan convention, because I played a small role on The Office. I saw that. It was very strange, but ultimately enjoyable, and people were nice, and then... My whole goal in life these days is to just, like, get home and be with my son and my wife. And uh, I woke up, I think the alarm went off at 3.15 a.m. so I could get to the airport for a 6 a.m. flight. So I'm pretty burnt out, but it's uh, this is a pretty sure. nice way to be spending the day if I'm if I'm going to be tired.
1: Oh, hold, hold on one second. Losing you. There we go. How about now?
0: I feel good. How are you feeling?
1: There we go. I'm good. I'm good.
0: Okay. Very good, good.
1: I'm uh, working from home today, just putting away my um, do not disturb message on at the moment. And then I am uh, good to chit chat here.
0: That's cool. And did you grow up near Philly or Baltimore? Uh, neither. Oh, I thought I heard it in your accent.
1: Oh, no, no. Um, no, I went, oh, I went to college in Philly, but I'm, I'm no, no longer it either.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: What well, was the uh, dead giveaway?
0: Just thought I detected a little accent there, and I, I tend to know my Eastern Seaboard accents, but I was wrong on this one. I can admit when I'm wrong. Uh
1: huh. Uh huh. <laughs> what, what was the giveaway, though?
0: I don't know. I, just a sense I had of I, I, picking out certain words.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. Um. So yeah, let's get, let's get going. I guess uh, I spoke to you. I think you'll probably remember. I spoke to you a few weeks ago on the Valentine special.
0: Okay, that's immediately intriguing because that one—that one had a lot of calls that went many different directions.
1: Yes, I was uh, one of the ones that you I heard afterwards. I got disconnected, but I heard heard you say you were interested and in hopefully talk to me again. I am the uh, the guy who called in about dating and finding love in a fringe kink community.
0: Okay, love this. Yep. Do you remember, do you remember the uh,
1: <laughs> the fringe cane community?
0: Yeah, am I? If I remember right, you into uh-huh. diapers. you into diapers? That is correct. Okay. Is correct. I love the, this uh, follow-up. We had a little teaser in the Valentine's Day episode, and now we get the full follow-up. I'm glad you got through. Yes,
1: sir. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. Where do you where, Let's. – I'll just start with you. Where do you want to get – what's your first question?
0: Well, there's two big things, right? and they could go in either order, but Uh we'll go in this order. The first one is, you know, to whatever your comfort level is, I'm not sure exactly what a diaper kink entails. So I wanna hear that. Like, I understand the basics of how one wears a diaper, but I would love to know where it becomes a kink, which is where it crosses into some sort of gratification, right? Um, And then the other obvious one that dovetails into it is, how does one discover that this is their thing? Those are the two big ones.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so for me, it is, I think I kind of said this in the quick little call we had there. Um, for me and for a lot of people who are into it from the fetish perspective, um, it is something that, you know, is it, it's hard to grasp where it started. It starts so young. Um, and that's that's not uncommon with a lot of other fetishes, too, from my understanding, from you know, a foot fetish or a latex fetish or um really any any, you know, true, true definition of a fetish. Um they can start kinda of young. It's you know, it just kind of imprints on your on your psyche in some kind of way. And uh you know, and then you don't really you, you've got some strange attraction to it, um, causes feelings you don't really quite understand. And then you hit puberty and it starts to make a little more sense and it's still confusing and um you know it still continues to be confusing years and years later. But but that's you know, that's kind of what it was for me is I, I some of my earliest memories, um, I can trace back to, you know, those like first inkling thoughts of, I don't know, just odd feelings, strange attractions to, um, you know, the physical objects and, um, you know, uh, just, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, some of them are very specific. of just, you know, find them in my closet after I was, you know, a little older, um, probably four or five years old. And, um, you know, even later on just having, you know, family members who were of that age and finding them around and just, just having just a strange, you know, strange draw to them and not really understanding what or why until puberty. It's then kind of understanding, you know, the feelings are, Oh, those are sexual feelings of attraction. And then, you know, we're trying to understand it from there, which is, you know, complicated and confusing, but, um, but that's, that's kind of the, the genesis of it for me. And for a lot of people, and some people, it's not until, you know, obviously much later on in life they discover some attraction to it. But yeah, it's just, it's, you know, it's for me, it's, it's, it's like lingerie is the best way I can describe it. It's like, but even more so like, like combined like lingerie and other, any other like kind of fetish, it's the tactile feel of it. It's the, uh, the, it's the person wearing it, you know, it's, 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 just it's, I don't know, it's hard to, hard to really get why, but that's, that's kind of the, the trigger for it.
0: Sure. Sure. And, and just so I'm 100% clear, you're you're into wearing diapers, not not seeing other people wear diapers.
1: No, I'm. It's both. It's both. It's, oh, it's uh, both. Yeah. It's 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 uh, either or. Uh, both both are attractive and interesting in their own rights. Um, you know, obviously, it starts with the interaction of trying to you know put one on yourself, but um, but then as you discover your sexuality, and you know, I'm I'm a you know straight dude who you know. Would just would find porn of that nature of women wearing them, and that's that's the you know that's the other end of it. That's also very attractive.
0: That's a pretty game changer moment when you find that. I bet when you when you have this thing that you're trying to sort out in your young brain, and you realize other people have actually gotten in on it too. That's a game changer, huh? Yeah,
1: yeah, it, it is, and it's you know, and it's it's I've I've been in therapy for a while, and um, it's been a bit of big focal point of you know dealing with a lot of. Well, at this point, I've 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 dealt with most of, you know, the um, weird, you know, feelings of guilt and I don't know, just uncomfortability about it. And, um, you know, obviously I'm here talking to you comfortably about it. So I'm in a better place with with how I feel about things. But it's, you know, even even at a very young age, before I understood what it was or why it was, I knew it was weird. Like I knew that was not a normal thing that everyone was into. Um, and then that, that became obviously more apparent as, you know, puberty. And starting to talk to your guy friends, and you know, but you know, discovering porn and you know, all that kind of stuff, and you know, knowing, realizing no one else is talking about, you know, diverse being an object that's that's in in the porn they're watching and not bringing that up at all. So, um, mm-hmm. it was something that I mm-hmm. kept closely guarded for um, a long, long time and kept uh, you know um, as as private as possible until until I couldn't with certain people in my life that that found out.
0: Think about how damaging that is to a young person. There's young people who have all sorts of stuff in their life, and they feel this need to hide it, to guard their secrets. That's a pressure cooker of a situation right there. I'm going to figure out how it went for this caller, and think about how it has broader applications when we get back. Thanks to all of our advertisers. Now let's get back to the phone call.
1: It was something that I kept closely guarded for. a long, long time, and kept uh, you know um as as private as possible until until I couldn't with certain people in my life that that found out
0: that's intriguing, that's intriguing. I want to hear more about that i I do just want to ask though, just so just so I can be totally clear, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot and if you're yeah. if there's anything where you're like, yeah, hey, let's keep some stuff behind closed doors, totally fine by me, but I just want to be clear because I could imagine that there might be even variations on the diaper fetish like. You compared it to lingerie, and I go, I I bet there's people who it's just that. It's just the look of it. It's the feel of the fabric on their skin. They find the visuals of it sexy on some level. There's another level, which I have to imagine, there's people who are into the infantilization aspect of it, right? Correct. Like being treated like a baby or talked to like a baby. Yeah. I would have to imagine there's people who are, I, I, I would even imagine, and again, I haven't researched this world, but... I would have to imagine there's people who might go, I wear these, I like how they feel in a sexual way, they turn me on, but I'm not necessarily into peeing or pooping in the diaper. I, f- I imagine for other people that might right. be a, a huge part of it. So am I, is that? Absolutely,
1: absolutely. Okay,
0: so talk to me about those divisions in your world. So even if you find someone else who's into sure. diapers, they might be into a whole different aspect of diapers than you, which must be very frustrating.
1: It it really is, and it was, that is something that I, I yeah, I dealt with in, Navigating dating because you you know you you I've I had a, a couple partners who were who were into the and I'll, I'll say the acronym out again it's it's A B slash D L um, it's kind of a silent flash people just say A B D L uh, but they are kind of two separate um, separate entities uh, A B standing for adult baby and D L standing for diaper lover um, so really so I'm I'm mainly primarily the diaper or the the fetish that's the fetish aspect of it right that's the that's the it's all about that object um but then there are there's the ab half which you know obviously that's that's kind of the tying component together um but there are there are people who are ab's who really the diapers are not like a big important aspect of it it's just one of many um different you know accoutrements if you want to call that you know uh, part of the part of the get up and it doesn't have to be the focal point it can be kind of a um, just a style choice for them or, you know, what have you. But, uh, but yeah, no, there's definitely some, uh, difficulties in the community, you know, even just discussing and navigating different topics, but certainly within dating, when you've got someone who's a DL and an AB and trying to, you know, sometimes you don't have, you don't want you, you share this common interest, but you don't, um, you don't necessarily want exactly the same thing out of it. Um, and trying to, you know, you know, Find a middle ground that make that relationship work can be can be difficult, um, especially if, if for someone who's strictly a, a fetish, you know, person and they're not really open to role playing, that makes them uncomfortable, or you know, they're just not uh, used to that. Then that can be that can be tricky to navigate, and um, that's something I had some experience with as well. You know, I I, I dated two um, two people who were both um, uh, women who were who were in the uh, A B category, and the diapers were both you know. Um, uh, a part of that for them but it wasn't like the part the main thing they were really into the role play aspect of it and um you know I, I i was able to find a middle ground with them where it worked for us and, and and whatnot but um but part of what kind of drove me away from really continuing to try to date within that very specific world uh well, you know one of the obvious is it's, it's super fringe and super niche it's hard to find people um and you know especially locally but then on top of that um, you know, it wasn't, I, I, I had a hard time. The last relationship I had with it was someone who really wanted it to be kind of a semi 24 seven dynamic where they, you know, we, again, we both had jobs and we're, we're, you know, we had adult lives and the rest of that, but wanted there to be kind of like a, a dom sub dynamic that kind of didn't just stop an end in the bedroom that it was constant checking in. And, and it just, the relationship started to feel like i was parenting someone and it just it, it, it was like stressful and it and it just it wasn't fun anymore it took the fun out of it for me and um you know and she was also i think just immature in general with dating and it was a little younger than me and it just it, it, there was many reasons it didn't work out but that 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 was definitely you know that dynamic started to fall apart like the fun of it kind of disappeared for me And um so that ended up not working and i kind of went back to dating vanilla and, uh, you know, having to find somebody to like and start dating. And then at some point in the relationship, I got to, you know, open Pandora's box and pray that they're not just going to freak out and leave. And that that's its own, you know, its own set of problems and issues. But, um, but that's, that's kind of the way I've gone the past few years. And and unfortunately, as I've I've said, I, I did have some success with that. And I'm I'm with someone who, um, at this point, I, I'm just kind of, waiting to get the engagement ring. I haven't done it yet, but I'm, I'm planning on doing it sometime in the next, you know, three to four months once I save up for it and um, plan to get engagement in this year. So it's wow. pretty exciting.
0: Congrats. And have you, have you had someone freak out on you when they find out? Mm, not with a partner.
1: I've definitely had a couple uncomfortable interactions with friends I'd opened up to, um, or, you know, one of which someone I thought was a friend and really didn't handle it well. And, you know, um, so there was, there was those, not with a directly a partner, but I've always had the fear that I'd have a really poor reaction, um, to it, uh, with a partner or with anyone really in general, because, uh, unfortunately the, the first, um, first people I had to open up about it in some capacity to, because, uh, you know, it's, it, it just happened that way as I, I got caught when I was, you know, in, in middle school with, um, with, you know, with some type in my closet, and my mom was, you know, not pleased about that. And, um, so it was, it was, it was very complicated and that was, uh, it went on for several years. It was a difficult, you know, time navigating my relationship with my parents and it, you know, it caused all sorts of, uh, all sorts of uncomfortable stress and, just issues in our relationship that at this point we've repaired and things are good. I'm 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 an adult, you know, we're, 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 we're in good point at this point. We've, we've talked about it in forever and I'm glad that we don't. Um, but you know, I, I had some, uh, definitely some issues with, uh, um, trust after that and, and, uh, and fear of, of rejection from, you know, from anybody regarding this.
0: You know, we were talking about the AB and DL split and I have to imagine, Mm Is there? I could envision a world where there might be. Might be times where those two camps, are almost most judgmental of each other because they're so close, but so far apart. Like, almost, almost like a. You know, you look at certain parts of the world, and and you know, people will look at Israel and Palestine sometimes, and from the outside, go, they share so, so, so much in common. How has there been all this? <laughs> violence and anger for so many generations yeah. when when the large majority of what they have in com- with, with is in common is there any of that with the ABDL split
1: you know most of the time these days it's it's pretty it's pretty good i think uh, there's, yeah, there's some there's some sticking points here and there um but yeah I, I think i think the community in general has learned to accept that it, it is pretty much a spectrum there are people that are just DLs, or people that are just ABs there are people are that are, you know, 90% in one camp and 10% in the other, truly 50-50. Um, so the, the community has been kind of a um, you know a a a place for you know shared experience and um I've been to some conventions that have been pretty interesting and, and eye-opening and, and, and ultimately very rewarding and um and you know very just great experiences overall. But it's funny you do mention because recently, and I, I I don't know if you've seen this, I don't know what your involvement on TikTok or any of those kind of apps are these days, but there's been a trend that's gotten real popular in the past couple of years that have really started to butt heads with uh the ABTL community, and it's called age regression, which is really its own thing. Um it, like it ties in and, it, and we get we get into the weezer we get complicated here. But basically there are people who or into just age regression, which may take a lot of facets of the ABDL world and mainly it's uh, you know, pacifiers and stuffed animals and coloring books, and you know, it's it's more just like cutesy fun childish activity things that make you feel like you are of that mind state of that, you know, and it's used supposedly in that world as therapeutic, um, you know, escape release and it has nothing to do with the sexual fetish aspects of the ABDL world. And um, that's caused some division because a lot of the people in the age regression community or age they kind of shorten it to the hashtag. Um, they say because it's not sexual that, you know, this is for anybody. And, you know, and even, even a minor, even somebody who's 14, 16 years old, they can participate online in these kinds of discussions. And the ABDL community, which we get, you know, unfortunately bad. Uh, you know, bad press. And I think that, you know, bad opinions, people jump, snap to, Oh, that must just be pedophilia light or something like that. And, and I, I can say wholeheartedly that that is, you know, it's the opposite of that. I mean, it is, it is, we are so protective to make sure that this, that any online space at all is super 18 plus. There is not a, not a, even a, a you know, tiny opening for anyone who's a minor to be involved in our world. And the age 3 community, that's our big beef with them. They think because it's not sexual, it's okay to just kind of be on TikTok and, you know, promote this with teenagers. And it's just it's uncomfortable is, a, you know, an understatement that, that me and a lot of other people in, in my my camp have about it. Um, and it just, you know, I think creates further, you know, further reason for people to kind of attack us and, and you know, um, you know, put us, slump us in with, with true, true, terrible, you know, human beings.
0: That is... That, yeah, I didn't even think of that. I didn't even think of that. That you do have to mm-hmm. keep your eye out for people where somebody goes, you know, where both the reality of it and then the stigma of it are both real, right? Of like in your community, people are probably hyper aware of is this somebody who's attracted to kids or kid imagery and using this as the next best thing when that's not it. You are, you have to be hyper vigilant of that within your community and then for the stigma of that to spread due to a TikTok trend, you must just go, no, 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 no. Like you can't. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's wild to think about.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, it's complicated. It's complicated, but yeah, that is, that is, and I'm, and that's, you know, honestly, that's not really the the discussion between us and like the H3 community. Cause that's, that's something that's newer, but the dispelling the myths and, and I'm, and I'm happy to talk to you and happy to answer any questions you have about it or, you know, whatever you want to know about it because it's something that i unfortunately i think forever since since our community has any had any public visibility we've gotten some pretty bad press about it and you know even the best press that we've gotten it's kind of cringy like i think it's kind of the best way to describe it and um you know and it's so it's it's and or it's people who lead the lifestyle as a 24-7 thing which you know, if, if people are able to still make a living doing that and and it's their own business, I mean, you know, more power to them. But I think that unfortunately puts a pretty bad spin on on from an outsider outsider's perspective. Seeing a, a Jerry Springer type thing, uh My Strange Addiction type thing, you know, any of those kind of clickbaity type um, articles or or, or shows um, that kind of paint us in this, you know, these are these people that are unhinged and just live as babies all the time and let you know what's wrong with them. You know, let's, let's just let's leer at them. And I, 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 I everyone in our community just hates that that's how, you know, people view us. And, and unfortunately the people that do agree to go on those types of things most so of the time, you know, again, you're you're out of yourself. So it's typically people who don't care they're being out of people that are content makers and the, you know, porn aspect of it or um people who live as twenty four seven and their family knows and so they don't give a shit, you know, it's so it's 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 difficult. And so that's why I'm I'm thrilled to talk to you about this because it's it's you know, again, I get to be anonymous here and answer questions and um hopefully you know as a someone with a pretty straight-edged you know normal life I, I bought a house in the past year I have a pretty normal job you know I'm getting hopefully engaged in this year I mean I'm, I'm a pretty mild-mannered person with pretty mild-mannered interests and uh this is just this is just something that I've I've had in my life as, as far as I can remember and and you know I I, I I choose to embrace it because it's who I am and it makes me happy. It makes me comfortable. And, and, and I, I have people who love me um, through it and, and not just in spite of it, but because of it. And, uh, you know, and it's, that's, that's somebody, I think that's really the vast majority of the people in our community are, are normal people leading normal lives, but they, uh, um, you know, they're, they're fearful that, that people will find out and it'll just be, it'll just be terrible, you know, terrible, terrible consequences of their friends, their family, their loved ones, not accepting it, not understanding it. And, so, you know, but that's, that's, that's why I'm happy to be here and answer these questions. I, I'd like to, I'd like to hopefully give us a shot at, uh, you know, getting some, some, you know, some credibility here.
0: I love that. I love that. I I have to ask a juvenile question because if I don't, it's going to be on my mind the whole time. Please do. What's your particular relationship with releasing in a diaper?
1: Sorry to say that again, my relationship with what?
0: Releasing in a diaper. I'm trying to be classy. I'm talking about peeing and pooping. Yes.
1: Yes. yes, absolutely. no, please all by by all means. Um, yeah, so personally, um I definitely, you know, uh, pee in them. that's that is a part of like an integral part of the, the sexual aspect of it for me. Um they can also just be a comfort thing. like sometimes, you know if i'm I'm working from home or, uh i just got a lazy Sunday going on like i'll just wear more just to have one because it's it's like comfy underwear you know it's very you know it's cushiony and it's nice and i don't know there's something it just feels like you're being wrapped in a blanket like it's, it's that kind of comfortability so it's not it's not always about that um but on the sexual aspect that that end of it for me is is definitely a part of it the 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 number two on the other hand for me is not at all part of it like that's just something that
0: um, too much uh, cleanup. For me, up. it's an
1: uncomfortable and standardary thing. Too
0: much cleanup. way too
1: much cleanup. Yes, exactly. Exactly, exactly. So for me, it's a, it's a no-go, but, but for a lot of people, it's, it's definitely a part of it. I think people have taken polls, and I think it's like a 70-30 split. 70 are not into it, 30% of the people are into it.
0: Into pooping in particular or into using the diapers in any so, yeah.
1: way? Yes, po- pooping in particular. Yeah, yeah. I think I think, not, I think it's probably like 90% are into wedding and 10% aren't. Like that's, you know,
0: yeah. It's, okay. Most
1: most people are into it for at least one of the two aspects, if not both. But now, <laughs> uh, I'd say majority is just, it's just, just number one.
0: Another question that I, I bet you've thought about that I'm coming at as the perspective uh-huh. of the father of a child who was still in diapers about a year and a half ago. I know that for young parents yeah. right now, there's a lot of environmental concerns because diapers don't biodegrade. And that yeah. it, in yeah. landfills... There's tons of diapers and people are starting to realize this is gonna be one of the items that is gonna like be here when humanity's gone. Big piles of diapers. Yeah. Is, is the diaper fetishist community getting active about this? Are there cloth diaper enthusiasts? Or or is there any movement to try to convince people about cloth diapers? There
1: are. Yep, yep. There are. There there yes. really is. Um yeah, been, please there's... talk to
0: me about the environmental impact of your diaper fetish, please.
1: Please, I absolutely, dude. I, this is this is I I I kind of thought you'd ask this question, like going into <laughs> this. This is one of the ones I was like, guests probably going to ask. What do you think about the cloth diapers? I I that's I'm, I'm glad you asked because it's uh it, yeah it's it's something that especially in recent in the past few years has become a big topic online. Um, you know, my personal stance on it is the cloth diapers don't. Do the same thing for me. Um, so I've tried them. I have a couple. They're they're fine, but they just you know they don't particularly scratch the itch for me. So I I don't particularly use them that often. I'm typically disposable and um, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I it's one of those things where you know I, me and a lot of other people who are on that camp. It's, it's 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 tough to just say oh, I'm just going to give up on it because of the environmental impact. You know, I you mean know, I I try to be pretty green and 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 you know, aspects of my life that I can control. And if this is something that, you know, again, it's just, it's not, it's not the best and it is, you know, it is what it is. I I try to do what I can and I try not to consume too much and, you know, and all the rest of that. But, um, but you know, it's, it's, it's kind of an area for me that I, I, it's, it's, it's like for people who, you know, have foot fetishes, you know, there's a variety of people who are into, uh, like, you know, Women in high heels, like that's the thing. They love the stilettos, or you know, or you know, particularly you like clean feet, smelly feet. You know, it's that kind of thing where it's like you like what you like, and it's it's tough to kind of you know just be like, well, wouldn't it be easier if you like clean feet? Like, no, like it's that's not what I like. I like you know, so it's it's you know, it's just it is it's kind of what you what you like, and um so for me personally, I'm 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 you know I'm on the camp of a i think it's great for people to try it, and there's been some great products that have come out um, for for the adult community for. Um, for cloth, but pers- personally, I can't. I can't fully buy into it my, it you know, my my particular inklings about it.
0: Okay, I, okay. Now, another thing coming to mind is, I have said on the show, I've really struggled in recent years because I'm like, years ago when Twitter started, I was like, oh, here's this amazing thing, an equalizer where you can talk to people and people from all different backgrounds and social classes and, and wealth levels can all interact and, and celebrities are answering people. And it's this amazing thing. And then I did turn a corner where I started going, it's really a dangerous thing for society and young people growing up now with Mm -hmm. social media. It's, it's now become commodified and algorithms are built to increase stress levels and all these things we know that we're sorting out. But I've sometimes gone on that rant and people do also point out to me there's social movements that need the connection of of social media. There's marginalized communities where people find strength and comfort in social media. And I have to imagine, like I am vaguely aware, I feel like the most popular kink site that, as someone who does not participate, even I've heard of like FetLife. I'm aware that FetLife is a thing that exists, right? So, communities like this must be I'm not trying to be too dramatic there are probably there are probably people in the past who would put on diapers in private feel very abnormal and either live a life of anger or stress or i would imagine maybe in yep. some cases people who took their own lives because they felt so abnormal for sure are there are there online communities out there where you feel like they are the healthy places to go for people of your inclination?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I'd, I'd love to uh, kind of plug away at the, the communities for people who may not know or are interested. Um, yeah, I mean, Life is a good place to start. Um, personally, I, I'm not really super involved in FetLife. For me, I, that was a tool I was using use it for events. So I've I've used it for any time I've gone to an event, whether it's local and small or, um, you know, or uh, one of the larger conventions, which I've been to a couple, you, you, you have to kind of sign in on there. So there's some kind of connection to you so they can kind of check you out and make sure you you seem like a real person and all the rest of that. Um, And also with dating, but again, that's not something that's in my, uh, to my rear rear view mirror at this point. So, um, so I've really used it in a while and it's, it's also a format of, it's very MySpace, Facebooky and I'm, super out of that world. And, um, you know, and it's, it's uh, at this point, I, I feel like most people who are on FetLife, uh, at least a lot of them are kind of in the 35, 40 and up club. Um, and, you know, again, not to be ageist ready, it's totally fine to be on there if you're younger, but I just, I, 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 struggled to find people, you know, when, when I was involved years ago on, on, I think more that end of that community um, on that particular website, um, there's a Reddit or, or slash ABDL page. That's kind of where I'm most, I, again i kind of lurk i don't really post but uh that's that's a good place for for just the general mill of all sorts of stuff um really what's popped up recently is, is instagram which i have a love-hate relationship with because it's it's hard to find like the central community there right it's all individual pages and it's not like even a facebook where like you've got like you know communities you join it whatever it's just kind of like you're all connecting with each other just one-on-one and it can be difficult um but yeah, those are kind of like the main, for me, I think the main three people go to, there's still Tumblr and um, there's some uh, Twitter for sure. I don't really, I'm that big Twitter user. So that's, you know, that's out there for sure too. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, something I've, I've always, you know, talked about with people is, I mean, it, it has been, there's never been a better time in human civilization to be into a French community, whether it's ours or, or someone else's because these communities do exist. And, you know, I, I, when I, discovered this and, you know, found out it was a fetish. I I found out when I was, you know, at puberty age, kind of, you know, again, just kind of shooting Google searches into the void and seeing what popped up. And, um, you know, and again, maybe it was not not appropriate for me to be doing that, but I, I was able to very quickly find out for myself that I wasn't alone and that this was, this was something that many, many people were into. And, and it was, uh, you know, I remember that moment, like it was pivotal to, you know, holy shit, I'm not, I I've, I felt this weird uncomfortableness about this my whole life and to know that there are other people out there. And then that feeling has just grown and grown as I've, you know, again, became, you know, an adult and was, I was able to start really communicating on, online and then eventually later on um, go, you know, meet people in real life locally and then go to some bigger events. And um, it's been a real lifeline. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been great. And the one other thing I'll, I'll plug real quick 'Cause it's it's really I think it's the best place to go with people who are interested, curious, want to, to kinda of get a feel for it. There's this um podcast that it's called Love in Brief, spelled like, you know, like the pun on brief, you know. So uh but it's a it's a great podcast. It's the two people who are just some of the most lovely, wonderful people in our community who um it's a you know, it's a short form podcast with just uh I think over a hundred episodes at this point with different um different topics on each one. And, and there's, you know, there's one, there's one aimed specifically at vanilla people who don't, you know, um, have a a grasp on the community or, um, you know, just all these different questions is like, they really, they dig into all of it. So um, that's also a great place for just, just information purposes. if, If you're curious.
0: Now this ties in a companion question. Sure. I know that I'm no authority on this, but I've read a little bit and I, I've heard chatter that, you know, like when, when pride comes around, pride weekend comes around or the pride parade, Yep. there's sometimes chatter or think pieces you read about, you know, we refer to LGBTQ and, you know, any number of derivatives of that. And there's some people who go, you know, we are approaching a point where we also have to recognize that gay men have different needs and goals than, Lesbian women, then bisexual people, then trans people. And while, yes, there is this umbrella, there's something problematic about putting everybody under one umbrella and patting ourselves on the back to that and not recognizing that these are communities with different goals and needs and opinions and thoughts and and movements within those even that sometimes yeah. Yeah. conflict. I wonder if there's a similar thing in the kink world. Like there's people with a foot fetish out there or – there's people out there who are into you know leather or, or domination and there's there's some kinks that i think people look at and they might go even vanilla people might go ooh maybe i'll try that someday maybe i'll get tied up once and yeah. you know maybe when i'm this- then on the other end if i'm just speaking frankly you have probably on the far end you have something like the furries which is something that very easy to be made fun of by the mainstream right yeah i wonder if there's any and if if i'm being totally honest i have to imagine that diaper fetishism might be met more often towards the furry end of it versus the oh, maybe, oh yeah maybe that right like the people reading 50 shades of gray yep. who might go oh maybe. Maybe exactly. maybe, I'll, maybe I'll get nipple clamps and we'll try those and that'll be my way in he Diapers is over on the other end yep. where there's people going, not my thing, man, and it's easy to make fun of. Exactly. What's the broad strokes of the kink community like? Does everybody have each other's backs or are, these, are there these swirling divisions? We all know. There's all kinds of kinks. There's people who like to wrestle each other. There's people who like to wear latex. There's... People who like like to do it outdoors. I mean, we could go down the list. You have your own. I'm sure everybody here has their own, either that you're into or that you know. Anyway, I'm making it a little weird. Let's go ahead. Let's uh, get to our ads, and then we'll be right back. Thanks again to our advertisers who help us bring stories like this to the world. Now let's finish off the phone call. What's the broad strokes of the kink community like? Does everybody have each other's backs, or are these are there these swirling divisions?
1: You know, it's uh, it's it's a little both. I think, you know, I mean, again, it's it's the kink community is is a humongous community, right? So you, you got good people, you got okay people, you got, you got shitty people. I mean, you know, it's just you're it's a collective group, and you're going to have you know different people handling things differently. Um, but with that uh it's definitely i i definitely agree with what you said so far you know yeah if we're going to put it on a spectrum of uh you know give me your toe in the water oh that sounds interesting you know we're, we're we're definitely way further towards the end of uh of the furry you know world and and there there's you know to be totally honest there's also direct crossover with the furry world there, there's a group called baby furs who it's very much it's the ab and the furry part together and um you know and there are people at these cons that are mainly furries and they find their way into the ABDL world um via the furry world and vice versa so there's some, there's, there's there's definitely some crossover there um, and you know really just as there's crossover with with all sorts of different kinks, um uh, with our community you know i i and i think most people view our fetish and our community as a subset of BDSM um from a you know from kind of a technical classification if you want to look at it that way because You know, again, the fetishy part I guess really doesn't super fall into the BDSM, but the AB part definitely does because typically in an AB dynamic with a partner, as I kind of explained, I I had some difficulties with. Is you know, there's there there really has to be kind of a sub and a dom in that dynamic. So that kind of really branches off of the of the BDSM world. It's a very specific um, definition of BDSM, but it is it is still a sub dom dynamic where someone is the you know parental type figure, and then the other person is the um, you know the younger again people age play in different age categories but um, but you know it's there's a there's a caretaker and then someone being taken care of uh, so there's there's there is that crossover um, for sure but there's definitely you know I, I like to think the best of people and and a lot of the a, a lot of the time these days at, at BdSM gets together is no one's gonna to give you crap for showing up you know if you're an abDL and you're you're someone who's again in a close you know, space showing up and and wearing your garb and and you know you might get some interesting looks at first, but most people are friendly and nice. Uh, but I've definitely heard stories. You um, know, me, I mean, uh, me personally, I I really haven't been to too many um, non-ABDL kink events, but the couple that I have been to, people have been friendly. But I've heard I've definitely heard some people who've gone to their first community, especially years ago when like there really weren't ABL community type events where you know you really had to just try to find a BDSM group or a swingers club or something like that to kind of branch out and explore sexuality in a different way. And, um, I I've heard many people, several people, you know, say they went to one, you know, in plain clothes and jeans and you're chit chatting with someone and they're just like, Oh, but can you believe those ABDL people, the people like diapers? That is so weird. is not so creepy. Like, you know, so it's, it's, there's, you know, people still hold their opinions towards us. Um, and I, I, I like to think there's less of it these days, but um, but yeah, just like the furry world, I mean, we, we, we definitely get lampooned a bit, a bit harder than, um, other categories these days. And, um, and, and it, it just comes with the territory, you know, it's, it's, it is what it is, but, um, but for for sure, there's definitely, as you said, there's definitely kind of a, a sliding scale of people who dip their toes in and, and then, whoa, whoa, I'm not going right into the deep end. That sounds a little extreme for me.
0: I'm loving this conversation. I have to say. I'm glad. And. Well, look, cause well, you're pulling back the curtain on something and it's something that's easy to giggle, giggle about of like, Ooh, we have a kink call, a sex yeah. call, but I like hearing about these shifting dynamics, but I'd like to, here's what I'm thinking right now. I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm going, there might be other people out there into ABDL, into diaper play, into things that we haven't gotten into yet, but that are sort of companion to the world, right? Yeah. who are sitting here right now going whoa okay we've got a guy who identifies as a straight guy willing to get on this thing talk about how he likes peeing into diapers and it it's part of his sexual gratification there might be a lot of people out there going oh someone is actually saying this out loud and it speaks for me but i'm thinking of another group right now mm-hmm. too which is there's a lot of parents that listen to our show yeah and there's a lot of parents who you mentioned you had this, you know, I'm not going to lie. I remember I remember. I had a jar of, uh, <laughs> I when I was probably 13 or 14 years old, I had a jar of hand lotion that I got out of the linen closet. There were a few extras back there, and I kept, <laughs> yeah. I kept it under my bed. And then one day I went to get it, and I realized it wasn't there. And I went and looked, and it was just back in the linen closet with my little fingerprint scoops out of it. And I realized my mom had found it. Sally found that. Oh, sorry, Sally. (laughs) Maybe the biggest, sorry, Sally for me. And my mom and I have, by the way, if she's hearing this, we never want like true Irish Catholics. It was never addressed. It was just back in the closet. I realized, okay, that can't live under my bed. Like I got to at least put it back. If I don't want to get caught again. And she'd put it back there and she's being nice, not saying anything, but my heart was beating. Right. And now that is quote unquote normal for a thirteen. Or fourteen year old boy.
1: Sure,
0: sure. You mentioned that your parents found the diapers, and it led to some hard conversations. Uh huh. So I want to hear more about how that went. But even more importantly, and you can start with whatever you want. Sure. One of the big things I've come to really believe in life, as someone who was lucky enough to you know live an artist's life, where I met a lot of people from different walks, different inclinations, different backgrounds you start to realize pretty mm-hmm. quickly of like man like you can judge people from the outside and have whatever opinion you want but you're you don't need to understand someone else's life to have compassion or respect for them as a human being you know you hear it all the time about right now i just have to say and our listeners some of you will nod your heads some of you will be the guilty parties the amount of unsolicited times i've heard People older than me, I'm turning 43 this year. People older than me bringing up, oh, well, now there's too many genders. The amount of times I've heard people bring that up for literally no reason. Yeah. I sit here, I go, you don't understand. And on some level that scares you. And you're forgetting, you don't need to understand. Right. To still just respect the fact that other people don't need your jokes or your judgment. You don't need to understand someone yeah, to take yeah. a deep breath and choose not to be judgmental. So I want to hear about how your parents dealt with it and what you remember. And I think what I'd like to put out there, too, is when you realize that this is a thing and it's a thing that gives you a lot, There's, I'd have to imagine there are very few people participating in this, especially when they're teenagers, right? Maybe older people who get into mm-hmm. the fetish world in general and you know, like Kevin Allison from The Risk Podcast, which I've appeared on, he's like famous for his love of kink at this point and speaking to it. And maybe there's people who find it as adults, but if yeah. you're young, this is something you try to hide. And I have to imagine for a lot of people, it's something you try to not do. It's something that when you do, yeah. you feel guilty. It's something that you you try to avoid, but I have to imagine for a lot of people that feels like an unfulfilled sexual life. So I want to hear about how it went with your parents, sure. But also for other people out there who maybe they'll raise kids someday who have a kink or a fetish or who live a lifestyle that is not mainstream.
1: I'd love to. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to share my perspective on this.
0: Speak to that. Speak to so, that
1: yeah so i'll I'll start with just i think the general comment and and then we can kind of get into the specifics with what what went on with me and my family and you know um how that progressed but uh, yeah i mean i think i there's definitely if you want to talk about like you know again the the as you said kind of the latest uh touchstone to that is is definitely trans kids and, and trans in general you know um you know rights and 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 pronouns and and it's you know it's all it's all a bit new for a lot of people. Again, I think we've, we've had a few years now to kind of start to adjust, but there, there still seems to be some, some learning curve. And I think people are getting better in general about how you handle it. And, um, but I, I think it all, again, whether you agree or disagree that there should only be two genders or three or hundred and, you know, 35 or whatever it is, you know, I mean, it all starts with, with empathy, right? Just like, just be nice to people. Don't be shitty. You know, I mean, that's, that's that's how i i, I think i've i've come to view you know most of the world is just it's just you know people may be confused or understand but don't don't be an asshole about it you know um and uh and i mean again that's that's kind of the, the view i have for in general and really from adult from adult perspective really um but from a you know from a parent's perspective like listen i can i can totally understand i mean i get how strange and, and uncomfortable and and concerning this can be i i i i understand how people make the the giant, you know, quick leap to, you know, my child is, you know, into diapers and, and, and sexual urges with that. And I'm going to take those two things and jump right to pedophilia or, you know, just some deviant, terrible thing. Right. And so I, I can understand where people make that logically, but it's like, whoa, whoa, slow down. Like, let's not assume this horrible, worst thing. Um, because it, it's you know again in our in our case in our world it's 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 not it is is really something that you know it's it, it, I, I because of the the correlation between the two can't get muddy. but it's you know I mean you can you can try to draw those same horrible comparisons to to really any um, you know any any fringe kink or you know even not you say it's not a fringe kink groups you know or people that are into masochism you know are they people who are just repressed, you know you know, murderers light they, they they you know what I mean like they're they're abuser light because they get off on you know on whips and chains and all the rest of that yeah, no, i mean they're they are people that are just they're they have they have urges and they 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 you know do con- conduct those with other consenting adults and um, and there's nothing wrong with that. And there's you know, no reason to be scared of that, but, um, but you know, I mean, you can, you could do the same thing with all sorts of different types of kinks of, you know, just jumping from the, what it is to like the, you know, is this blank light? Is this some worst case scenario? Um, and that's, that's, that's a big mistake. And, and, uh, I hope, I hope anyone on the fence who's hearing this, you know, takes, takes a minute to kind of, you know, really with any of these things you may have feelings about, it. whether it's, you know, people who are, you know, transgender or people who um who you know who are into uh polyamorous relationships or just you know something that you you feel uncomfortable about for some reason you know uh, be, be a little more empathetic and and just think critically for a second well maybe i'm ascribing the worst type of person who might try to claim that as as what that is and it's it's not you know um so you know so i, I get i get it but but i guess i can go i can go into what happened with me is and i, I won't go to uh it could be a lengthy story I tell, but I'll, I'll, I'll kind of hit on the bullet points of how it went down is, is, uh, the quick version is I was, uh, of that age of, you know, of puberty age of, um, you know, exploring that I, I kind of would start to, um, sneak out to a, a couple towns over to like a CVS type, you know, pharmacy and, you know, grab a pack of adult diapers and sneak them back and hide them in my closet and, just put one on every now and again and, and, uh, just, yeah, just enjoy it for what it was. And, um, and then hide them, throw them away and, you know, rinse, repeat. And, and, uh, that's, that's how it went for about a year or two of, you know, really actually going and physically getting the item and, um, you know, feeling strange, feeling weird about it and keeping it just myself not a soul in the world new. But, um, then one day I, I came home, my mom um, approached me about it. She was definitely more concerned than angry or upset but just was like, like, what is it? What? And I just stammered out, it's, it's, a, it's a diaper fetish. And my mom was like, Lord, that like I even knew what the word fetish was, you know? And uh, <laughs> so she just was like, okay, and didn't, didn't know what supposed to do or say. And um, she went out to her car and she called my dad and I could hear her talking to him through the garage door. And, so
0: that's and one of was, the scariest stretches of your life. Oh. When you realize your mom's on the phone with your dad, you must just be like, uh-huh. oh my goodness
1: heart stopped, cold sweat. I mean, like, just like you're in the worst trouble of your life. You know, you feel like you're about to get grounded for, you know, for years, you know, for something. And it just, I mean, it was, yeah. And I could hear him confused and angry and upset and what what's going on. And, you know, and so I, I, I just went upstairs after my mom came back in and just like sat in fear until he came home. And, um, and I don't even think the first day he said anything to me, like it was just ignored for the first day. And then, The next day, the way he handled it was just like, he came in and just was like, you know, that's not something I've ever heard of and it's not right and it's wrong and it's, you know, and, and you gotta stop. And he just kind of handled it like that at first, like of a, this is your warning. Don't do it again. That's, that's not okay. I need you to know that's not okay. And that, that was how he handled it. And, uh, you know, for a while I stopped, you know, I, 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 uh, was, that was enough to strike some fear into me, but you know, again, as, as same way a parent just with some you know a kid for for having you know um you know uh, feelings of uh, someone of the you know same sex i mean like that you know and being like that's not wrong you know that's wrong and that can't, you know it's the same thing you can try to repress and fight it but it especially at that age where hormones are raising you know it, it rears its head back up and a few months later i was you know doing the same thing trying to be better about it and i got caught again and um you know, my dad laid into me a lot harder that time and said some pretty, you know, vicious stuff that I I, 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 through therapy and all looking back, I know he meant to be helpful. I know he meant to just help me course correct in his mind and he did not mean to hurt me. Um, but it, it, it really scarred me for a while. He said some really just angry things like this is fucked up. This is you know this is just this is wrong and you know I dated many women before your mother and none of them had it so it can't exist that's not a real thing just you know and uh and then I, I really I was able to stop for a while and it was painful but I did and um and then you know maybe a year later I I thought I was in the clear and I I, I just I started to get back into it and then in high school was really the breaking point it was two breaking points the first one um, was again, it'd been a couple of years since my parents had caught me and my dad picked me up from school, um, from, uh, you know, from, from practice one day and, and he, uh, he locked the doors and just I mean, berated me. And he was like, I thought we were over this, you know, I mean, pissed, just screaming. And, uh, um, just just, you know, you're, you know, I, I thought we figured this out or we put this behind us or whatever. And, and, uh, and then, you know, he went full into, you know, you are Fucked in the head. You need to see a therapist. Like he just started saying spiteful, mean things to me. And, uh, and in that moment when he, he was saying all that stuff, you know, he said, you need to see a therapist. I actually felt relief. I was like, oh my God, I could see a therapist. Oh my God. Like, I was like, I'll take this beating. I'll take this verbal beating. I, I'm fine. I'm just, I was so thrilled to hear I was going to go see a professional. And then, uh, you know, later that night, my dad came back to my room and just said, you know what? I've thought about it. You're you're almost an adult now. You're gonna just need to figure this out on your own. I'm not wasting my money on that. And just closed the door and left. And I just was crushed. Oh. And um, you know, so that that really just uh, broke me. And I and I, I I again I I got better with hiding it and to stopped for a while. And then went back again. And um, and then eventually I started. I had a girlfriend in high school. I told her. I told her, you know I had a couple girlfriends. I told. And they all were accepting about it. And I was scared to death to tell the first one into the second one. And, you know, really anyway, I've been scared to death because of how that, that impacted me. Um, but then I got to the end of high school and I was heading off to college. And my, my, my mom snuck on my, my phone when I was at work and looked at my text messages. And I was texting something in relations about that with my girlfriend at the time. And I got home again. It was just my dad. And he started to lay into me. And I'm like, and I, at that point, I was, I was like 18. And I'm like, no, nope, not taking this. And, uh, I, for the first time, like really stood up to him in a big way. And he, he just, you know, he, and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, you were looking at my phone, my private text messages. And I just laid into him. I told him, you know, how, how horrible he's made me feel my entire life and about this well, not my entire life, but you know, for that stretch of time and, and how, you know, I've, I've several people, a couple of friends, you know, uh, no one has been, mean to me about this they've been i've been i've been you know i know this is something i don't share with everybody but uh, you know uh, this is you know i'm not the one out there and the fact that you handle it this way and i just i laid into them hard and and then i said some things that in retrospect i i wish i didn't say but i i did um and you know and I, 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 i i broke his heart i i in that span of time of really struggling in middle school i i got real close to to you know you know contemplating suicide and i had a friend talk me off the ledge and um, you know, obviously, I'm still here and, and I'm I'm good and, and all the rest of that, but I, it was, it got real, it got real scary for me for for a bit there. And, and I said that to him, I'm like, I, you you know, things you said and, you know, the way you handled it, I almost killed myself because of you. And that's, I mean, he just, it's one of the three times in my life I've seen that man cry and it just, it, you know, it was, it broke him. Um, and, uh, and all that time, it was always my dad who'd come after me. My mom would never talk to me about it. And, uh, and not, not too long after that, you know, because my dad just left and, Nobody talked about it, and it was just that you know. And then a couple weeks later, I found my mom. I came home from hanging out with some friends one night. I came home, and my mom was going through my shit, like like search, like clearly sneaking around, like looking for stuff, as if like it was like looking for drugs, you know. And I just, I like closed the door of my bedroom, and she turned off. She's like, "Oh, like you know, smooth." And I was like, and I just started ramping right into it again, like, "Oh, you you didn't get you know you didn't get it from dad yet. Like you didn't you you want you want to get it yourself? Great." And I just started. Like, just, you know, again, going into the fall. And my mom was like, like, you know, like, couldn't speak. She was like, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't know. You know, like, just was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I don't, I don't know what, I know he spoke to you, but I don't know what he said. And I, and it was in that moment I realized, oh shit, my mom has no clue what my dad's been saying to me for this entire time of how he's, she's just been going, you know, you handle it. You know, he's your son, sex and all that. Like, you handle it and just let him loose on me and didn't know how bad he was handling it. And, um, you know, and so I, we, we, we talked it out. My mom immediately was like, Oh my God, you need therapy. I'm like, Yeah. And she was like, Oh, you and your father should go to therapy. And I'm like, No, that's not him. I like, I, maybe that would have been the answer years ago, but at this point, nope, I don't think so. I, but I, I would definitely take therapy at this point. And, um, and then the, the thing my mom says that still, uh, breaks my heart when I think about it. But the thing she said to me was, um, she, she gave me a hug at the end and she said to me, um, you know, it's, it's for the past several years. Every time I've hugged you, it felt like I was hugging a stranger, and it just that fucking broke me. And uh, it's still, I mean, tears me to my mind right now. It just, I just totally shut off any reciprocation of feelings of love that they were given to me for that time, because I just felt I felt unloved. I felt completely um, like not, you know, not their son, not, you know, not worthy of it. I was, you know, just that I, I maybe mean, because I was still doing the thing they said that I just, but I just. uh it was. It was. That was hard. It was really hard. And and you know. And from there, I've I've been in therapy for years. I've, I'm I'm in a good place with it. But, um. But you know, I'm sure I'm sure many people who have had bad experiences, not just in this kink, but you know, in coming out or, you know, in any, have had similar enough stories. Cause I've I've heard it myself, and it's it's you know it's tough, but it it uh, but I got through it, and you know that's 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 my story there.
0: How are things with you and your folks now?
1: We're good. We are good. We're in a good spot now. Um, again, you know, I did therapy there. I kind of put those feelings, you know, b- behind me, I was able to forgive both of them. Again, I really never talked to them to forgive them, kind of just did it my own way and in therapy and, and it's been, you know, it's been many, many years then. it's been well over a decade at this point um, since, you know, since all that. So, you know, so we're, we're good. I mean, we have a good relationship. I see them. I see them plenty enough when I can. And, you know, again, this just something we don't, we don't ever talk about, but it's, it's, again, you don't have to talk about any sexual stuff with any of your kids really typically. So it's, it's something that doesn't come up. and doesn't have to come up. And, but no, we're, we're, we're good. And I, and, and my dad's gotten seriously better with his feelings of, you know, with of how he handles, you know, anger and, and um, you know, just just in general, you know how he's expressed himself like that. So uh, it's we, we, we're good. We've been we've been better.
0: I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. And then you mentioned at one point that because that was, I mean, that's a tense story to hear, and I think probably eye opening for a lot of people. Just hearing like there have to be ways for you to sort out your fear, your panic, any disappointment or shock you have, while taking it easy. On a kid. There's got to be a way. And and I think that right. your story shows that, you know? Yeah. yeah I am sure. wondering at one point in there, you said, um, you said, you know, there were stretches where you got caught initially and you would try to suppress it, try to, try to move on with your life, ignoring that side of yourself. And it would always come back in. And you said it was painful. Yep. And I'm wondering if you, how, how do you envision your life would be if you had just continuously repressed or suppressed those, those feelings and, and stuffed them down and never acted on them again? How do you think things would have turned out for you?
1: How, how would it have turned out if, if sorry I say it again, if I hadn't opened up about it?
0: Or if you suppressed it and said, I'm yeah I'm going to go have a quote unquote normal sexual life as other people see it. And I'm going to ignore this side of myself. How do you? What terms yeah. do you think life would have uh, taken? It Would
1: have been painful. I mean, I I, I think like most people, um, you know. I mean, you had, you know tons of examples of people who are you know closeted um, gay for you know such a large part of life, and that at some point it just it bursts out. I got to do something. I I just I don't. I think at some point I would have even if I, you know, for such a time, um, hid it from from everybody. I think at some point it would have it would have burst the seams, and I would have had to deal with it in some way, even if it was alone and in my own capacity and whatever. Um, but there was such a, there was such a, you know, gaping hole from, I, I truly felt like, you know, because of how my parents were, that I was unlovable, that no one was ever going to accept me for this. And that I, I did have to hide this part of myself and, or I had to compromise in some way. And, um, you know, I'm so glad to find myself in a relationship where that's not the case and, you know, everything's great. And, um, you know, it all, it all worked out, but, um, I mean, I I contemplated and I struggled with that for a very long time of, of letting myself tell my first girlfriend, you know, letting myself tell my best friend, you know, telling even my you know closer friends through college and you know, so it's it's uh, and I've always been happy when I've you know again I've had a couple bad cases but relatively I've always been happy when I've told people about it because you know I, I someone I trust and if they break that trust and if it's someone who doesn't handle it well, then I go, oh, well, they're not really a good friend anyway. And that's, you know, that's okay. Um, They don't need to be in my life. And um, everyone else has been really great and supportive. Um, You know, there's a, there's a friend I know who's definitely listening right now who, you know, who introduced me to the show. And I would have never even come to talk on, talk with you about this here if he, he hadn't, you know, told me about this. And this was after I told him about my, my story, my life and all this, And you know, I, I, it's, you know, my, some of my closest friends wouldn't really know a lot about me had I not, express that that pain that i went through that you know that um that trauma that and it didn't you know it didn't really have to do with my specific, specific fetish and i could have avoided that but, but I'm, I'm happy i did because it's you know it's, it's strengthened um you know some really core friendships that i'll always have and you know some and again it brought such more meaning and depth and honesty to um my romantic relationships and now you know what i hope is my last romantic relationship here um and uh you know, so it's 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 good. I'm I'm happy I talked about, it and I'm happy I, you know, I'm, i I I went that way because I I don't know I would have been angry and upset, and I just I I I wouldn't have known what to do with myself if I kept hiding that forever.
0: I tell you what, we're out of time, and this one flew by. Yeah, it did. I can't even believe it, it. I'm glad you brought up again that you're thinking about proposing because just to hear, thank you, just to hear for anybody out there like you know, you were a kid, you were not even all the way through puberty and you got your dad telling you you're a freak, you know, and to take it from that to going, yeah, oh, no, actually I found somebody who's also into it and we're going to settle down and try to live a happy life with each other. just like everybody yeah. else. And it doesn't feel freakish at all. I think that that's a very good lesson.
1: And I'll tell you what though, real quick. she She's actually not, she's not someone who's into it herself. I mean, she's, lovely and has come into her own of of finding enjoyment herself but she's someone who's vanilla who came into this and so that's the thing i want to stress too is like you're not doomed to dating someone in your own pool like i did it, i found true love in you know in in a in a completely different way and it's it's just been it's been wonderful so you know there's a, there's someone for everyone out there it's true it's cliche but you know just keep looking keep being honest with yourself
0: and you know you're gonna get there i loved this call I loved this one. And and I just also want to say this too. Thanks, man. Love you, Chris. Hey, right back at you. And I just want to say this too. And I know we're going a little long on this one, but I think this is important. Because, yeah. again, not trying to say that having a fetish is similar to uh, any other type of marginalized community, but just in the sense of there are, there are so many groups where we ask them to live in the shadows. And then what happens is you wind up with kids who have feelings that they try to hide, and these kids sit here and they spend so much mental energy sitting here going, what does this mean about me? What does this mean if I like to put on a diaper? What does this mean if I like to put on what are traditionally thought of as women's clothes? What does this mean if I like another boy and I'm a boy? What does it mean if I like to be choked? Or what if? It, what does it mean if this and that? And, and the answer is, I think, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything except that you're who you are and you're figuring it out and you will figure it out. And this yep. obsessive desire to judge everything at a knee-jerk pace, much like your parents did to you, right, makes you sit there and go, well, what's it mean? What's it mean? What's it mean? What's it mean? And it just goes, at the end of the day, it just means that you enjoy sex more if back. there's a diaper yeah. involved. That's That's all it means. It, yep. It's yep. a very one-to-one thing. And to hear that you got put through it as a kid is uh, heartbreaking. And to hear that you eventually drew some lines and, and stood up for yourself and how it changed things for you. I sit there, I go, I hope for young people listening and maybe for parents listening too, that's an eye-opening lesson on, on how to maybe take a breath and not force it to need that confrontation or that breaking point or for a kid to say, you've said things that made me want to kill myself. I don't care. I have a four-year-old. He's very, very far away from sexual awakening. But just hearing you say that, I go, I can't imagine anything that kid would ever do that would make me want to say something that would get him to consider suicide. And I'm sure your parents must have just that must have just been like Yeah. Yeah. Eye opening game changer that you can push a kid there so easily. So thank you for thank sharing you. all this stuff because it doesn't sound like it was easy then. And it sounds like you're incredibly well adjusted and proud of who you are now. And
1: thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm taking a lot of work. Therapy's great, as as you preach it, everyone should. Um but yeah, you know, yeah, humanity's complex and as long as people are empathetic and can understand that whatever it is, consenting adults or consenting adults, and if it's with one another and they consent, you know, it's really none of your business, and and you know, that's that's really what it comes down to. And it gets tricky with kids and raising and all the rest of that. But just you know, be un- empathetic, be understanding, and you're going to be fine. It's just uh, you know, it's it, it, but it's it's complicated. <laughs> I think that's why everyone's really complicated. But that's that's why I love about this show, and I I'm, I'm so happy I got to talk to you, man.
0: I'm with you. Thank you so much for, for the call. This was a great one. Thank you. Caller, once again, thank you so much. I bet that there's a kid out there or a parent out there and you're going to help him. And kudos to you. And kudos to Anita Flores, who produces the show. Kudos to Jared O'Connell, who engineers the show. Massive kudos to Shellshag, who sings our theme song. If you want to know about me, including dates that I'm getting out on the road, chrisgeth.com. you want to come to Beautiful Cononymous, beautifulcononymous.com. This is it. Final week of plugs for this one. And even if you can't get there, go buy a ticket for that waffle brunch. Get your name in the mix for the uh, private phone line month of May. And hey, wherever you're listening, there's a button that says subscribe, favorite, follow. You can hit it. And when you hit it, it helps the show so much. So think about it. Our merch is at podswag.com you want your episodes without ads go to stitcher premium go to stitcher.com slash premium to check that out and hey if you enjoy the show tell people we exist word of mouth that's the best advertising there is thanks everybody